Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. It's time for Barbecue Nation with JT. So fire up your grill, light the charcoal, and get your smoker cooking. Now, from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, here's JT. Hey everybody, welcome to The Nation, that's Barbecue Nation, I'm JT. High atop the radio world of all places in our Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, and we welcome all of our affiliates on the Barbecue Nation Sun Broadcasting Radio Network. Um, also like to say thank you to the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef the, uh, the way nature intended. It's great stuff, that's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Well, you've seen her on the Food Network. Uh, you know, doing the barbecue brawl with Bobby Flay and that, and she's been on this show one other time and we had such a great time that she's going to, at some point become a fixture on this show. It's uh, Leanne Whippen, my friend from Florida, the fishing queen there mm-hmm. off the Florida coast. Hi dear. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. First of all, let's get down to something important. How's the fishing been? Fishing has been outstanding. I mean, we have everything running right now, except uh, well, there's a few that are seasonal, but it is great. And uh, yeah, so I wish I could do more than I am, but so far so good. Well, good. Uh, yeah, I saw a picture of you on Twitter a week or so ago, and you had a great big, I don't know what it was. It was a big redfish you were holding up. Uh, I think it was a redfish. It was a redfish. <laughs> there you go. And uh, um, it was damn near as big as you so you know it was it was it looked good it was i thought that lady is having fun down there in the sun so i am how's the um how's the barbecue world in florida well you know it's it's hanging in there you know the barbecue restaurants that exist here in tampa are still holding their own uh it's i will say i've had some conversations uh with some owners about the risk it price dilemma and uh (laughs) there's a shift there's a shift down here so what i'm seeing is people are getting away from the brisket because of the you know how how much you lose in the cooking process and trimming and all of that uh that it works out to where you're better off buying a, a beef tenderloin and smoking that off where you you know you aren't having all this you know, weight loss. And, uh, yeah, so I'm seeing some smoked, uh, tenderloin pop up. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting that people are looking for alternatives, but still trying to keep with the beef or they're getting rid of brisket on the menu altogether, or they're charging an arm and a leg, which most, most people don't like, obviously. Right. Have they looked at other things too? I'm just curious. Um, <clears throat> like a strip, you know, you, strip loin or something? Some, well, you're seeing some, you know, innovative stuff, you know, like duck breast and that sort of thing. But, uh, you know, most of them are sticking to the basics. Mm-hmm. Uh, chicken wings, of course, are a huge problem right now. And so uh, people are starting to go with bone in size as an option. And, um, you know, 
just uh, chicken legs, uh, just to, you know, keep their prices down, but offering something that's, you know, kind of similar. But yeah, wings, wings are out of sight. And that's all over the place. You know, and that's kind of unusual, too, because, I mean, uh, we talked about this on the show a few weeks ago. Really, that is more of a logistics problem than it is not having enough pluckers. Uh, we produce a lot of cluckers, but to get them processed and get them out on the trucks to your area, our area, and we're at polar opposites in the country. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that seems to be the problem. And then, of course, we had the, what was it, JBS had the big hack um, and sc- right. screwed up their logistics system and stuff. So um, pretty tough to, well, there's really no answers for that. You know, that you just have to kind of go through it. And I can see where yeah. the restaurant owners and the pit owners and stuff are having a hard time with that. You said something about chicken legs. That's something, and people are going to think I'm really redundant here. When I do barbecues, and we're having kids. Mm-hmm. I always have chicken legs anyway for the kids because uh, yeah. sometimes they don't want ribs or even burgers or something, but they'll grab a chicken leg and go back out and play. So, and that is a great alternative. It's you know cost effective. It's kid friendly. It's a great Fourth of July option. Um, just all the way around. Absolutely. Now, do you do anything special at your restaurant for the for the Fourth of July? Oh, so the big news is I'm no longer at the restaurant. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Sorry. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, in March, I sold my shares at the Devil's Pig here, and uh, along with another partner, I just felt as if when I analyzed the whole entire scope of things, you know, uh, the cost of labor, the cost of food, uh, the aggravation, um, and and just the profitability is it's so low right now in, in restaurants and you kill yourself trying to make money that I have decided that I am taking a break right now from the restaurants and I am <laughs> doing some other things. Fishing, more fishing. That's what we want. Leanne. I wish, I wish that were the case, but well, yeah. You've got a grandkid to take care of too, don't you? I do. My granddaughter. Yeah. Little Charlie. There you go. I knew that was a special spot for mm-hmm. you right there. Um, well, let me re- let me reframe that question then, Your Honor. Let me say that uh, what at the Whippin household is going to be on the grill for the Fourth of July? So uh, it's I'm all about interaction, and uh, my daughter has a wonderful. Uh, we've kind of built almost an outdoor kitchen over there because I live in her apartment and can't do it here. And uh, I like food during the Fourth of July where. You know, the family, the kids, everybody kind of interacts with the food. So, therefore, I'm kind of about, I want to say stations in a way, um, kind of uh, building bars, if you might say. Like a hot dog bar, a burger bar, a nacho bar. And, you know, a lot of the toppings that you use on these things can be used interchangeably. You know what I mean? Like you you can even have a macaroni and cheese bar. You know, you, you've mm-hmm. got bacon, you could put on it, scallions, whatever. So I, I like to have that. I mean, you can do, you know, build your own s'mores, but, you know, change it up. Just don't use your traditional graham cracker and Hershey's <laughs> chocolate bar, but add, you know, a Nestle's crunch bar, um, add some Nutella, yeah. <laughs> M&M's, pretzels, whatever, but make it really fun and interactive. So, um, 
you know, I, I, I kind of like that. Um, and, and that's kind of the plan right now for the fourth. Um, and of course I'm all about the red, white, and blue stuff. You know, I, I do a potato salad with purple Peruvians and baby red bliss potatoes and Yukon gold. So you see the red, white, and blue going on, right. um, you know, true with, you know, and it's all about grilling, of course, you know, from grilling the meats to, you know, grilling strawberries and, you know, throwing some blueberries and whipped cream, you know, all red, white, and blue fun, you know? So, um, that that's what it's all about, you know, for me and my family. So we're just going to have a lot of fun. Um, something lately uh, we've been playing around with is uh, my daughter's very artistic and, and she's a foodie too, but she likes putting together charcuterie. So we're doing more of your, instead of a traditional charcuterie, we're doing a smoked meat, like a barbecue charcuterie, mm-hmm. you know, where you're throwing the, the meats on there that are smoked and, you know, and, and changing up just standard mustards and using horseradish mustard and bacon jams and, you know, just, you know, stuff like that. So um, I like to have a whole bunch of different things out during the 4th of July, kind of shareables, you know, um, kind of handhelds. I mean, you could do tacos and not like a taco station. Again, a lot of the stuff is interchangeable. So, um and doing some different toppings, you know, like do some smoked corn or even pineapple. Um, I'm a big fan of those little French fried onions. Those are always crumpled good on top of even a burger. Um, you know, just uh, have an array of food and it's, it's you know, it's, it's fun to look at and fun to eat. I Here's something I did on TV last week, which I and normally I've done something i came up with a few years ago and it's it's you know other people have done versions of this so it's not a big earth-shattering thing but i'll take a portabella and the original recipe was i used uh cream cheese and a little sour cream and some capers and green onions um little garlic in there salt and pepper that type of thing but i also put crab and scallops and bay shrimp and large shrimp and then a couple three different types of cheeses Okay, and you melt that. That was more traditional, and that was more inside. What I did last week, just kind of throwing this out there for you folks to think about something different. Used portobello. You can, and I mixed up a, a some shrimp. That's the only seafood I use, though. I use some some little cocktail shrimp or bay shrimp, and then some whatever they were thirty one forties or something. Mix that all up in there um, and filled it, but then couple of variants i either use some fresh sliced pineapple or fresh thick sliced tomato put that in the portabella and then put Mm. the seafood on top and then smoke that um it worked out really good and they're really rich you know one of them an average size portabella not the big monsters but the you know they're probably what four inches across or something um that will usually feed two people so it you know i think people can get really creative they just have to kind of step back and look at it a little bit is my thoughts. Mm-hmm. You don't do veggies. That's delicious. Well, it is. I'll, I'll send you one in the mail. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, everyone's about the low carbs. So that portobello is much better than a, a big old roll. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> but you don't use Vegemite, do you? I, I might have a problem if you use Vegemite. 
No, I, I have had it, and I'm not a fan. <laughs> no, I had that. I had that stuff in Australia a couple times, and they were very yeah, proud of it. And I, I was not very proud of it. I'll just put it that way. Um, we're talking with Leanne Whippen, who you know her from Barbecue Brawl and uh, some of the other Food Network shows. And Leanne and I are going to be back after these messages that you just absolutely have to hear. And so we'll be back in just a minute here on the Nation. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation here on the Sun Radio Networks. I'm JT. If you want to contact us, you can go to bbqnationjt.com. Very simple. Um, There's a little contact box there. You can send me a message. It comes directly to me, and I will respond to it. It's all good. Also, you can find us on Facebook. You can find me on Facebook also, which they're all tied in. And so you can get a message to me that way. Um, all kinds of ways to do it. Twitter, Leanne and I are Twitter buddies, so we can, yes. we, we now can direct message each other. Woohoo. So it's all, At all hours of the night. Cause you're on a different zone up there. <laughs> I am. And I've been told that before that I'm on a z- different zone, but I wasn't ever sure what that so, meant. <laughs> so I have not been to Portland and yeah. heard wonderful things about it, but I am pleased to say that my daughter who graduated from George Mason this year is moving out there July 1st. She so is. So now I have a, another reason to come out and visit. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yes. You yes. play golf? I do. Okay. Bring your clubs. That's a, that's oh, a, I'll, I, I'm not going to bring my clubs all the way out there. I'll just find some out there. I'll, or borrow I'll, yours. I'll make sure you got some <laughs> clubs. Put it that way. Okay. So as you know, because um, you saw this, I reached out to... Uh, some of our list, well, a lot of our listeners, because like, of the way I put it out there. And then I got quite a few responses. And so there's some questions that people had about mm-hmm. things on the 4th of July. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I, I know some of these people because I've contacted them or had an email exchange or spoke to them before. So <clears throat> we're just going to kind of start at the top. Now, I'll tell the listeners, Meathead gave... Uh, Answers to these same questions, but I thought they were good questions. So we're going to see what Leanne has to say about it. Um, okay. This is from Dave. He's up in South Dakota. And uh, he said, is there a rule of thumb on cooking time for ribs, brisket, pork roasts, etc., or is it by the pound? And what are the different cooking temperatures? I think that's a really relevant question for somebody who's just kind of not just starting to cook, but really wants to start mm-hmm. paying attention and doing a better job. Well, it's kind of a broad question. Um, You know, uh, I'm sure Meathead went into all the analytical (laughs) (laughs) answers, and I'm not going to be that precise because, um, you know, I I honestly, it it depends on the cut of meat. Obviously, a pork butt that weighs 9 or 10 pounds is going to, you know, take, you know, 10 to 12 hours. You know, it, it really all depends on the cut of meat. But I know that safely, 
a lot of the meats I can cook at without thinking about it at 275. And, you know, it's, it's a good number to remember and it works on a lot of different meats. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it, it really does depend on the weight, but I do not, um, cook my, I don't like weigh my meat and then cook according to the weight. Um, I mean, I have an idea, sure. but, um, <clears throat> you know, usually ribs run, um, you know, anywhere from two and a quarter all the way up to three and a half pounds. And obviously, you know, the bigger, you know, spares are going to take a lot more time, you know, four or five hours versus, you know, a small baby back rib that can take, you know, three, three and a half hours. Right. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's a broad question. Um, as you know, there's a lot of information out on the internet, uh, but I don't feel that it's an exact science. And obviously when I am a temperature person though, when I check for doneness, like I want a pork butt to be any a brisket for that matter, to be at an internal temperature, but out 201 to 203, I'm a big believer in resting your meats before you cut them. Um, I do not temp my ribs, but, um, chicken, just because I like to be safe, even though they say to go to 165, quite frankly, I, I'll put the chicken side of 150, uh, 155 and find that it's, it's, you yeah. know, an awesome internal temperature. So, you know, I do use my thermal pen to check temps on, you know, different meats. Absolutely. Now a question here that, um, this was from Mike and I didn't give, I didn't actually give meathead this, this question. It kind of got stuck in the pile on the other side of the desk. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> a lot of people use the, I don't know what you want to call it. The flex test on ribs. When you pick them up with your tongs and they bend, you know, mm -hmm. and, and people will say, well, that's a pretty good indicator that they're either done or very close to done. Well, the question okay. was, the question was yeah, right. he, uh, he picked them up. They flexed all right, but then they cracked and started to break apart. So yeah, I, I uh, yeah, I would not do that. Yeah, uh, personally. Yeah. Well, my my theory was there's a very fine line between when they do flex, um, because when you pick them up to take them off the grill, they're going to flex a little bit. I mean, that's just natural mm -hmm. that they're going to do that. But there's a fine line as far as time and temp to where you pick them up and they break apart uh on that so i would just i would just say with caution if you're going to try to do that test be very careful uh, error on yeah the I, I i yeah i don't recommend it so i'm all about visual on ribs when they're done i want to see the meat coming back from the bones you see the bone uh kind of sticking out a little bit mm -hmm. also without having to pick them up with a pair of tongs you can use your fingers and gently you know put your finger on two bones next to each other and kind of wiggle it and and see that they're having a slight break uh without destroying a rack of ribs you know accidentally by you know doing this quote flex test so um you know that i i wouldn't recommend that but <laughs> no no that's that's fair that's really fair mm -hmm. uh because you know, if, if you're, if you've never done it before, I always say, try to err on this, the side of caution, meaning that uh -huh. don't overcook it. Um, don't try to make it too dry, you know, stuff like that. That's, that's just the way I've always been kind of trained to do things and not, mm -hmm. you know, not cook it till it turns into a Reebok, a tennis shoe. That, right. That's really right. not what you want to do. Okay. Now we've got about a minute or so. 
Um, and maybe I'll just ask you this question and then we'll pick it up on the, on the way back. Pat writes in and says, we always hear about barbecuing meat, beef, pork, you know, whatever. What about mm -hmm. fish? Can you barbecue fish? And well, yes, you can. And Leanne's going to tell us about that when we come in on the other side of the break. But there's also a number of ways to do it. And mm -hmm. um, if you're an old fisher guy, I don't, I don't even know what the proper woke term to call a fisher, fisher person, whatever. I'm a fisherman. Yeah. Okay. Or I was for mm -hmm. a long time. Um, there's a number of ways to do that. There's some old school ways. And then there's some ways that we've kind of smartened up about. And we're going to get Leanne to tell us about that when we come back from break here on Barbecue Nation. Uh, you're listening to us on the Sun Radio Network. And JT and Leanne Whippen will be right back. Don't go away. If you're enjoying JT and his show, come check out my podcast, Around the House with Eric G, where we talk home improvement and design right here where you catch this podcast. Head to AroundTheHouseOnline.com. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation here on the Sun Radio Networks. Uh, having a good time. We hope you all have a great 4th of July coming up. We've got Leanne Whippen with us um, in this hour. She's graciously taken the time to uh, give us uh, her honest evaluation of some of your questions. And I think that's mm -hmm. good. Also like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef from the heart of the Pacific Northwest. Comes a beef you can be proud to feel good about. In fact, it's the beef the way nature intended. And that is true. Okay, we were talking about cooking fish. Can you barbecue fish? For somebody that's kind of probably tried to shy away from cooking it that way before, um, you're the yep. you're you're the fisherman now on the show. You're officially that mm -hmm. title, Leanne. So how are we going to cook this yeah. fish? Well, you know, there's a couple. There's a lot of options for fish. Um, I'm finding that now that I'm in Florida, I am doing more. Um, and I'm, my favorite way right now is to throw it on the barbecue, get an iron skillet, hot as blazes. And uh, I love to have it blackened. You know, if you use a rub that doesn't have sugar in it, you can use, you know, different kinds of rubs, too. But, you know, basically getting that skillet super, super hot um, and, and throwing a little bit of butter in there. And then when you put your fish in there, you know, you try to keep it in larger pieces, you know. Um, and I like to cook it to a temperature about... I don't know, 145 internal, but I find that when you put it in the skillet, just for a couple minutes, if it's a filet, um, it will sort of release itself when it's ready to turn, if that makes sense. Sure. It's like magical to me. So when you <laughs> kind of put your spatula underneath it and you find that it, it wants to turn over, you know it's time to turn it over for the next minute or two on the other side. And, of course, the thickness of the fish is going to determine how long. But, yeah, I like to cook it, you know, really hot and fast in an iron skillet. You know, if you want to smoke your fish, I recommend using alderwood. Uh, that's very good on fish. Um, you know, like with a salmon, I recommend keeping the skin on so your fish, you know, isn't going to, it's less apt to fall apart. Right. Um, you know, and if you're going to use foil as a base, make sure that, you know, you spray it with nonstick stuff or, you know, you don't want it to stick. And that's also a big thing you have to be careful with. But of course you can barbecue fish. Yeah. You just don't want to use the 40 weight 
oil on it, you know, like, right. you, like you're changing in your truck. Um, cause right. that, that can, that can, <laughs> that can cause some issues, but you know, it works out. Yeah, really and good. of course, you know, doing a whole fish is, is one of my favorites as well. So, and it's again, less apt to fall apart and you know, it keeps its integrity. I have, I actually have an old offset smoker um that i've had for a long time and that's what i that's what i smoke fish on it's the only thing i do the only one i do with fish um or i should say fish is the only thing i cook on that particular interesting smoker um just because uh, i'm lazy and don't like to clean the grates and stuff and um, yeah but i've done that and got some wonderful you know salmon fillets and and things like that off of that it's a Old stick burner. I think it cost me hundred bucks. Couple hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was pretty easy. All right, now we've got one that this this is Mark, and he comes out of the Chicago area. Okay. Now oh yeah, my old hometown. You, your old hometown. <laughs> and so this has to do with fuel. Okay. And, and uh, mm -hmm. I've got to read this. It's kind of a long deal here. It says, I have a Weber charcoal grill that I've used for many years. I've cooked with Kingsford and Royal Oak briquettes for a long time. Really can't go wrong with them. Every once in a while, I try some lump charcoal. Lump charcoal is, 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 is very good as I think it burns longer and cleaner and has no filler. However, uh, it has quite a bit of broken small pieces plus a fair amount of charcoal dust at the bottom of the bag, which is unusual unusable, excuse me, on the grill and a lot of wasted time. This might be due to shipping, no way to avoid it. So now I've gone back to briquettes, which has very little broken pieces and dust. Do you have a recommended source or brand of lump charcoal that has more consistently large chunks uh, and minimal charcoal waste? Or do you just want to do the briquettes? What sayeth you, Leanne? Oh, well, um, lump charcoal burns hotter and faster, probably a little cleaner. Um, you know, lump charcoal is, you know, what you have to use in an egg, for example. You can't use briquettes. So it depends on the cooker that you're using. Uh, obviously, with a Weber, you can use both. I will tell you that recently I have uh, been using Jealous Devil charcoal, lump charcoal, and not only is it consistent, it does have large chunks in it but the way it's packaged it's in a ziplock like a hard plastic bag that it, the packaging is remarkable so i think it creates less dust and it's more readily available throughout the country i'm not a spokesperson for them and this is just honestly what i've been using lately and i'm finding that it is very good that's kind of cool i've i uh use some lumps i of course i've got different grills and stuff so i use charcoal in some of them and um lump in others like that i was telling meathead in the last hour that i used to um roast whole pigs with a guy that we would do weddings and stuff this was a long time ago but i found lump charcoal to be really easy to use because <clears throat> we were actually digging a pit in the ground and mm -hmm. we'd put up a rotisserie there and this was an all day event and lots of beer. And usually after two o'clock, you didn't give a crap. But anyway, <laughs> um, I found lump charcoal to work really well in that circumstance. Um, I, I agree 100%. Yeah, it, it really works well. And it's easy to, to add more fuel. The one thing that you have with the that I have with some of the Kamado styles and I've got a Kamado and it's very good. But if mm -hmm. you're going to put more fuel in. 
I've got the grates that, you know, have the little hatch and you can flip them up and you can be careful. You still run the risk of getting some charcoal dust on your food, uh, you know, if if you're not really careful with that, if you're not taking it off. So uh, sure. um, just a couple of words of wisdom for our listeners there. So, and you use lump in your, I'm assuming you're using the green egg. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, 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 in a uh, horrible circumstance that happened to be on TV, uh, there was no lump charcoal. I don't know what happened. And I thought, well, I'll go ahead and throw some briquettes in there and see what's going to happen. And it would do not use <laughs> briquettes in an egg or a ceramic cooker. What happened? It does not work. What happened? <laughs> it, it turned into dirty, horrible smoke it was just it just it was the strangest thing it was it was just a very bad situation but um i learned my lesson so i know not to do that was this on live tv or were you recording a show it was it was uh recorded i don't know if it actually made the cut or not it, it was just my daughter we were doing the all-star Pitmaster show uh in texas yeah i had a I don't know why, but invariably something always goes wrong or happens to me on TV. I guess it makes for great TV, but it doesn't make for a uh, <laughs> great winning <laughs> recipe. I did a I did a quote unquote reality show a few years ago, cooking, and it was it was. I'll go ahead and say the name now. I've never have it. It's called Deep Fried Masters. Yeah. Okay. Oh boy. And de- I don't deep fry much of anything. I, you know. Um, once in a while, I'll break out the little, we have a small little deep fryer at the house. And if I want to do really crispy French fries or something, I'll do those, you know, uh-huh. um, or some wings. Sometimes I've done those. Not very often, though. Like, I doubt if it's even once a year. So they call me. I'm in Arizona doing another show. And they said, can you be in Georgia next week? Sure. You send me the ticket. So I go down there and and I... <laughs> This is supposed to be about Texas State Fair food, okay? So we've got all these uh-huh. guys that are vendors from the Texas State Fair, and they're there. The judges are from the Texas State Fair. And there's me, a guy from Pennsylvania, and one guy from South Texas that owns a chicken fried steak restaurant out in Katy, Texas. And we're kind of the oddballs of this group, okay? Mm-hmm. And it was the absolute worst experience I'd ever had on te- television. <laughs> Bar none. Bar none. I'm telling you. It, hey, they do everything from the fried Twinkies. I've seen them fry a stick of butter at those fairs. Yep. God. <laughs> well, they first thing, I, they said, send us three recipes. One will be your main one. One will be kind of a ancillary one, and one will be a dessert. I said, okay. Mm-hmm. So I send it to them. And, of course, being from the Northwest and this and that, I sent them kind of a fish and chip recipe that i had and i got there and they said they don't serve fish and chips at state fairs i said the hell they don't i said i've been to lots of state fairs all over the country and there's always somebody that's you know doing yeah fish and chips or fish tacos or something like that they're they're always doing no they're not so they made me do this my second recipe which was kind of a phyllo dough wrapped sausage with some some chilies and stuff in it um and a chipotle sauce and some coleslaw and this uh some sliced that's good yeah it was it, it's a great recipe except the producer told them that it was a a breakfast sausage 
So when the judges look at it, they're like, why do you have Chipotle dip and coleslaw for breakfast? Oh, brother. He said, where's the maple yeah. syrup and stuff? And I'm like, anyway, <laughs> so that was my big, my big deal in reality TV, and I won't do another yeah. one. So it, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's pretty crazy. Um, we're going to, we're headed into break here in a second. And, uh, we're, we're talking with Leanne Whippen. If you've never watched Leanne, like on barbecue brawl with Bobby Flay or any of the food network show, she is so fun, so funny and, and ready to go at a moment's notice as far as willing to try things with her cooking. That's one of the reasons I, I really love her because she's, she's really good at that. So and I'm not just throwing compliments your well, way. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. I, I've seen enough of your work on television to know that that's real. And uh, that's the way you do things. And that's what I really like about you. Anyway, Leanne and I are going to be back in just a minute. Wrap up the regular version. And then we're going to jump into after hours, which is more fun because we can actually really swear on that. We'll be right back. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation here on the Sun Radio Networks. Today we're talking with Leanne Whippen. Uh, really quickly, don't forget the. Um, Meet up in Memphis through AmazingRibs.com is now scheduled for spring of 2022. So if you had reservations on that or were planning on going this year because of COVID and all the logistical problems, they pushed it out to the spring. So check that out, if you will, if you were involved or if you want to go next year, it'll be fun. Um, we were talking with Leanne. I was asking Leanne off the air what she's doing. She's got something cool up in our neck of the woods in Montana. She's working on. Yes, I do. Um, the Pause Up Resort out there, which is a huge resort. I mean, they do all kinds of, um, they do, um, they have fishing and I mean, just a million things to do. And I'm going to be part of the live fire legends event at the end of July. And uh, obviously cooking on live fire and doing a, uh, just a crazy, uh, really great menu. Um, and uh so I'll be doing two dinners out there and a lunch. Um, so it will be for people that want to participate that are out there at that resort. So there. I look forward to going out to Montana. There you go. You'll only be 800 miles from me then. So, yeah. okay. Um, well, good luck with that. That sounds like a lot of fun. Now, here's a question mm -hmm. from Eric. If you were limited to use one <clears throat> grill for your backyard to cook everything you cook on, what would that grill be? Or cooker, what whatever. Um, that's that's a tough one. Um, you know, I I have multiple grills and and I have certain go to grills for certain kind of meats. You got to look at versatility. So I like to be able to cook indirect and direct on on a grill. So a ceramic cooker, um, obviously green egg. You can you know do a long cook on it and you can cook on it seriously hot and fast to sear a steak. So you know that's very versatile. Um, I'm getting more into pellet cookers these days. Um, so I'm kind of toying with that. Um, 
you know, I, as far as, you know, a Weber Smoky Mountain bullet is awesome, you know, for smoking, but, you know, you can't really get direct heat, but you can if you take the top two parts off and yep. uh, th- throw a grill on there. So I, you know, your rack down below and you can cook over, you know, the coals as well. It's, it's, <laughs> it's kind of low to the ground, but, you know, that works too. But, um, you know, I, I do love my green egg, and it is versatile. It just doesn't have a lot of cooking surface is, is my um, issue with that. So um, it's a tough question. Um, it depends on what you really like to cook, what kind of meats you got to think about that. Um, but you do have versatility, you know, to be able to cook direct and indirect. So I think that's important in any kind of cooker you consider. Yeah, and, and if you're the average weekend barbecue person in this country, which there's more of them than there are of us, quite honestly. Um, you know, most of them have gas grills, but you can do indirect and direct heat with gas grills and stuff. Just tough to sure. do some smoking and things, although they do have little wood chip boxes and little ancillary attachments that you can put on them. But majority of people, I think, do use gas grills simply for the convenience. And you touched on. Of course. Of course. Yeah. And then you don't have the cost of charcoal and, and all of that. I mean, you know, back to the grill thing. I mean, just a Weber kettle grill is awesome. I mean, you can make a safe zone and, you know, it's it's versatile and it's not expensive. And you get that wonderful charcoal flavor. Yeah. And they're under a couple hundred bucks normally. So right. you're, you're pretty good there. <clears throat> and you talked about pellet grills. Of course, I come from pellet grill country. There's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of really good things to, to say about pellet grills and, you know, slow cooking and, and all of that. Uh, some of them say that they can get hot enough to sear. I've seen that a couple times. Um, problem is, is if you don't clean them often enough, that sear will turn into a forest fire. So, you know, you got to be careful of that. That's all I'm, yeah. that's all I'm yeah. going to say. They about. are convenient. And, you know, as I said, I'm, I'm, um, working with those a little bit more now. And, and, uh, so they, they all have their pluses and minuses. Don't they? Yes, they do. So here's, are you, are you a wine connoisseur? No, no. Okay. I like wine. Well, I mean, if you put a, a glass of wine that came from a $400 bottle and one that came from a $20 bottle, I probably couldn't tell the difference. I can tell the difference between really bad wine. <laughs> <laughs> you mean like Mad Dog 2020 and a 2012 yeah, I, I Chardonnay? Mean, I, you know, I, I know if I'm tasting a decent wine or not, but I'm not a connoisseur. <laughs> okay. Because one of our questions came from uh, Michelle, and she works at a winery, and <clears throat> She wanted to know what wines pair best with the various styles of barbecue, like St. Louis versus Carolina versus Texas. Oh, well, my favorite wine with barbecue is Red Zinfandel. There you go. Is that kind of kind of like your, your wine version of an all-purpose grill is Zinni? Yeah. No, Red Zinfandel is, is awesome. It's really good. You know, and then I like a Pinot Grigio if I'm doing, you know, like fish. It's, I think it goes great. There you go. I'm a Mad Dog 2020 guy myself. So <laughs> the only time a pillow hurts is with Mad Dog 2020. At least yeah. that, that was my experience in that. What's some advice you could give on a semi-serious note? Because I'm never too serious. People that haven't really grilled much and they really are thinking about getting involved in it. 
not to compete or anything else, not at the level you do it mm-hmm. at, but just to have something on the back deck or the back porch and they want to kind of get started. What would, what advice would you give them? Um, don't over smoke. I mean, people think that more wood in their smoker, you know, if they're using, you know, wood chips or, or chunks, that more is the better. Always start off with less. Less is more. You can always add. Um, so I, I think that um, people need to be careful of, you know, over smoking their food and um, learn your cooker, you know, if just learn all about it because there's going to be hot spots in it where, you know, obviously the heat is higher and you can get, you know, one of those little thermometers and put it in there and move it around and you'll figure out where the hot spots are. So um, that's also very helpful. But you, you, every cooker is different. You know, they all have their own little personality. So it's just practice, practice, practice. And, you know, it's, it's best to start your fires off, you know, on the, on the not so hot side, um, rather than, you know, kick it up. Cause it's, harder, it's harder to tame your heat than it is to make it hotter, if you know what I'm saying. So when you get, say, you're aiming for a temperature of 275, you know, obviously close your vents a little bit more or taper them down uh, about 25 degrees before it hits your, your temp that you're looking for. So just. Just be careful. You know, I think that's something, and we're, we're, we are out of time, and we can pick this up in the after hours, but working the vents on a charcoal grill and stuff is something we haven't, a lot of people don't talk about too much for some reason. That's super important. Yeah, it is. Well, um, Leanne, thank you for being on this part of the show. And oh, thanks for having me. It's You are welcome anytime, dear. Anytime. Thank you. Well, I hope you all have a great 4th of July weekend. Um, We'll be back next week with uh, more editions of Barbecue Nation. And remember our motto here, turn it, don't burn it. Take care, everybody. Barbecue Nation is produced by JTSD LLC Productions in association with Envision Networks and Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.